sweet spot with all our heart hello everyone welcome to our new voice today i am sitting with one of the dear treasures that comes with the synchronicities of life a sweet angel that was kind enough to tune me into a better vibration at the moon dance in costa rica and has lived so many cool experiences i forever learn and grow wiser in her presence hello dear, dear nice to meet you and see you today Hi. 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 Hello, everybody. I'm excited to dive in this deep conversation with a soulful abuela. <laughs> That's right. She was there for the official abuela. It's real. It happened. We saw it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So I think we'll just start into the conversation and just know that there's no wrong answer. Like we really want these things to go wherever they go in the conversation. So just let your heart speak if that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like tune in, put my hands in my heart and <laughs> reaching heart to heart, heart to heart, heart to heart. All righty. So the first thing we've been just asking the collective is like, Tell us about how you were informed about your gender, like how you understood yourself in regards to gender and anything you really want to share on that topic. I mean, how you came to, you know, know yourself as the way you know yourself. Wow. Okay. Yes. I feel like being a woman is such a big part of how my life has evolved and how I see myself. And I think it's partly because. I mean, my mother, right, like being the daughter of a mother and all of the feminine training that comes with that, like wanting to dress me up and like I could be her little doll. Uh, <laughs> that was cute and also fun and, and, and annoying, you know, and I never wanted to be like a super like pink girly girl. But I think the older I got, the more I fell in love with the depth of womanhood and the journey of empowerment of, of the feminine. So I really resonated with that kind of feminist energy of our generation. And I went to a women's college. I didn't even fully understand what it meant to go to women's college until I got out. Because I just took so much of that for granted. You know, I was always surrounded by smart women in my classes, always had excellent role models. I took a gap year and was reading about like these badass women travelers. Like I never allowed myself to indulge any like negative images of womanhood. And then in college, again, it was just such a given that you were going to have an empowered voice. I was always an outspoken person. And it was also a very like caring, nurturing space. Women care about emotions and they hold space and have sensitivity and they talk things through. They're great facilitators. They're really trying to see people. And I think I learned how to wield that skill set in college, actually, in all of these like facilitation circles around identity and wellness. And then 
in the spiritual path, it's interesting because I come from a, I'm from Cuba and my traditions are like, I have a, a god, like a divine feminine goddess Oshun that like guides my path. And she's the goddess, the Yoruba goddess of the rivers. There's always a celebration of femininity, but the actual role of the women in the, in the traditions as they're practiced by my spiritual family it's very patriarchal. The women are not allowed to have some of like the deeper knowledge. They don't have a role to play in those spiritual communities. They're always subservient. I never liked that. So I felt very limited in following my family's traditions for that. You're such a natural hero, ladies. So you're probably like, what? Hold on. <laughs> exactly. You know, I was like, you mean I can't know the secrets of our religion because I'm a woman? Peace out. <laughs> so I found um, like indigenous traditions instead, which anyway did a lot better at really holding the space for psychological practices. And that's how I found moon dance. And through moon dance, I found doula work and like sacred birthing practices and herbalism and more of this like woman healer, witch space. And I've just really fallen in love with like sacred menstruation and like birthing and the, the cycle of womanhood from little girl to young woman to mother to to grandmother, you know, even like there's just so much beauty in that. And also to be connected to the earth cycles. So for me, that's what womanhood has evolved into. It's actually like my definition and connection to womanhood is is one of like sacred connection to the earth and to the earth cycles, as well as this story of of the empowered healing feminine force creative force in the world nice yeah that's what matters so that's good i love it that's truth that's your truth i love it so where we went with that was and you can certainly continue to speak on gender where we went was how did it show up in your relationships like when you're with the other gender when you went into relationships with other women like how did it play out like what did you notice and learn about yourself through your life school of relationships oh i feel like we could spend forever talking about that question I think we have, but let's just do it. <laughs> we can continue the rest of our lives doing that one, but yeah. <laughs> I think women's relationship to other women is a beautiful category of its own. I personally always like to look at the good. And so it's very easy for me to talk about like the moments of nurturing and support in sisterhood. And that's what I've sought. And I think that's what I've had deeply in my life. And to be able to serve as a sister for another woman who is like going through something and be a listening ear, be a nurturing force. That's important. And I think it's a key part of, of the human experience, regardless of gender. But I, I see it as a, a feminine privilege because men aren't often allowed to develop that intimacy or that vulnerability or encouraged rather. But the relationship with men is a little bit trickier. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I think with every with every woman, there's, you know, a different kind of story as well. I really love the evolved sacred masculine who is able to hold space for a woman and is able to meet the complexity in her and she's able to meet the complexity in him and they can hold space for each other. I think that, but I think that that's not always the case because people aren't always empowered. I know that for me, I'm still a, a very young woman and I'm still trying to grow out of being a little girl. And like being put into this little girl relation to my partners where they become my teachers and 
and I'm putting all of the attention on them, especially because I like to to admire people and to encourage them. So I just one dynamic that I found like attracted and create is like I become like an ego stroker. I just stroke Quinn's ears, and they like come to me for that kind of like supportive encouragement. And like to the point where now it hurts me. Like I like I'm just like I you're amazing, but I don't even want to praise you. Like that happened with a previous partner of mine. Like I just like found that really toxic that like there was almost like an, an abusive part of the feminine there. Because then it did not be reciprocated. Huh? Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes, I mean, to cut you off, but like we almost feel like compelled to nurture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because we don't need nurturing, right? It's because we love nurturing and we're kind of almost teaching them by example. And then when it doesn't come back, you're kind of like, what am I doing? I'm feeding something that's not feeding me back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, I can see all of the amazing things about you and I can see all your skills and everything. And why can't you see me? Why can't you recognize me? And of course, like what we will ask of others is really what we need to be giving ourselves, you know? So I want validation from a man. It's because I need to validate myself first. <laughs> right on, right on. Right on, right on. How do you as a person discern the truth? Like, how do you assess for yourself, like direction, discernment? Like, how do you attune yourself? The real honest to God truth is like, I'm still figuring that one out. Like, I'm, I really am. I have some things I can say, right? Like my, I think, you know, at heart, like I'm a nice little girl who goes to church, but like my church is like way far out. But like, I identify with that like purity of spirit. And so I talk a lot about ancestors and ancestral knowledge and being really connected to the history of of your lineage and your people and really doing that work of understanding the past that has created your present. And I think that's a big part of how I understand truth and how I understand the way forward. I also understand that that can be like there that can be a burden, that can be a critique. Like you're not limited by your past, right? Like we're not just the particular incarnation in this lifetime where like divine beings were infinite consciousness and in that it has so much potential and we're actually so deeply shaped by the environments that we're in the choices that we make and can choose to to shift or change and there i think like ethics and values become like the compass for navigating truth or understanding truth but even that like that gets too heady you know, like if you try, like if, if it's, if truth finding is about understanding the past or if truth finding is about like aligning with values, which is a lot of what my methodology is, it can really fall flat and you can actually end up in something that you don't like because it's not connected to feeling. And that's where like just this intuitive way of knowing this tuning into the subconscious this tuning into feeling this, like really being able to see the complexity of a situation instead of spiritually bypassing it. And like doing what what feels right, what feels good, what is in pure service to God and the goodness that needs to be brought into the world and the light that needs to be brought into the world. Yeah. So that's my answer. (laughs) So what about intuition? How do you think intuition works in regards to that? Yeah, I feel like maybe... I mean, I'm definitely not an expert in intuition, but like part of me was like, yeah, I'm an expert in intuition. <laughs> I, just, I just like to lean on the, on the over output. <laughs> well, I mean, if you take the time that I know you take, you know, you just recently shared, it was before we got on the time you took on 
the new moon to to pray and align yourself and do your yoga and do your singing and do all the things that bring you to that spot. You know what I mean? That does deepen your ears to hear the guidance that might want to grow us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it is in those practices that I feel like I find a voice or a clarity or moving through any blockages and moving out of binary thinking and into like what feels like alignment. And so, for example, for the new moon, I did, I'll share with everyone, like I did a marathon of all the spiritual things. <laughs> so I was like journaling, kundalini yoga, shamanic singing with my drum, like sweat lodge ceremony, and then like a chinupa pipe ceremony. Like it was intense. And like in doing the things that I love, because I love doing all of those things. And in the process, I understood that, like, I actually do this, like I do it for pleasure. Like I enjoy being in like 110 degree temperature, apparently. <laughs> I just like being in pure, in pure vibrations of deep prayer. Like I think that's, those are really yummy vibes to be in. And like the things that the universe shows to you are really beautiful. And the visions of like the kind of world that I want to see in terms of like connectivity and, and love and like doing the right thing and, and be and like, again, being of service. Yeah, the intuition, it comes from a place of dreams. Like I feel like the most intuitive moments of my life are like when I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm, I'm writing down like a plan of what I need to do. <laughs> you know, like that's the most direct. Yeah, it's like hard. I think hard to put it all into words. I don't know, my chakra tuning forks, I, that feels like really esoteric. But like, I don't know why, but the vibrations of these tuning forks for me just like give me the ideas, like give me that clarity. Like once one like, <laughs> I just like get it. Like it just allows the frequency to come through. Yeah, I think vibrational tuning forks is so great because one of the things that we talk about in other episodes as well is that tuning true and that there's a frequency, there's a vibration that's uniquely you. And oftentimes if we're playing some song of despair or some shame or some blame game down there, our vibe comes through like that. So the tuning force can help break down that density and bring you back into the frequency of your clarity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's actually, yeah, that is totally how they work. And there's also, there's something I'm, I'm exploring these days because I, I've had the privilege to explore a lot of joy this year because I went off on a pilgrimage to Costa Rica and like really was living like freedom, like deep, deep, deep freedom. Like, I don't know if other people get to live this kind of freedom. Like there's the song of despair, which is one extreme. And then there's the song of joy, which is another extreme. And I'm, I'm, I'm just learning to sit with the ways in which joy and happiness and just pu those pure feelings can mask a lot of underlying things. Mm -hmm. And then I'm actually finding that happiness is, is not the clearest I don't know if this is true. Like I'm trying to figure this out, but like happiness and posit positivity are actually not the clearest vibrations. Mm. Well, I mean, it isn't if you're kind of rising up over it, like in that language that people are throwing around these days, that spiritual bypassing or just like staying in the joy bubble and it's all great, you know, that kind of stuff. Like there can be like big dark stuff that you're not paying attention to because you're playing out in this like other way that you perceive yourself or you want to perceive yourself, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and that's like an interesting gray area, too, because you just might be in an environment that's like not triggering you at all, you know, and like so none of those like dark stuff comes up because it's like it's not happening. You know, you're just you're given all of your other needs are met and the, the joy bubble is like supported and existing and it has a right to be. But I'm I'm learning to be with the. With the complexity and like the the shadow work and to be a little bit more tempered with 
my joy because mm. happiness doesn't fix anything if it's like not deeply aligned with values or if it's like temporary or like, like just about like a, a moment instead of like a sustained like pride in, in everything that you are living in rhythm in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know one of the things I found in my life is that pain and joy are like two sides of the same coin that when I feel the deepest pain and I feel the deepest joy they actually don't feel that different in my body we actually resonate in that same deep core of just being able to feel the extremes of everything. I love that. Well, you touched on the, the next question in your answer there. The last of the things that we're going to look for today is what are some of the values, two, three values that you feel we could share in a collective? Because at this point, we're looking to share values and share understandings to build. So what are some of the core values that you feel we might want to consider? For it to build in a collective. Yeah, just um, general like values for all, you know, like things that you feel are wise for all of us to consider as values. I think nonviolence. Do no harm. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that word to me comes from the place. I mean, it, the word comes from activism, but the resonance for me comes from our relations to everything around us. And the fact that we're all connected and to not have violence be part of any of our relationships, whether that be with other humans, but also to animals or also to the land for the way that we consume, the way that we perceive, like there's so many subtle forms of violence and to actually like be able to integrate a nonviolent way of being, I think is really important and powerful and, and a growing process. <laughs> especially with sustainability of the earth. <laughs> so that's one. Another value. This one's, it's funny, like this one just came to me. It was coming from a place of like, my value was going to be like, let's all have fun. <laughs> but it, but it, it's, I think, radical self-expression, which is like a burning man value is really interesting because it's opening up the realm of creativity and play and fun, but also authenticity and lack of fear in expression and allowing everyone to show up as their like most badass selves. <laughs> we totally like live in a weird culture that prizes a certain degree of like conformity or basicness that's like, I don't know, soul crushing uh, as somebody who likes to wear like patterns on patterns and crazy colors and like ideally would be wearing a costume every day. And like, why don't I do that? It's because like, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> not that I need permission either, but I think it would be a lot more fun if we were encouraged to, ha to have those like wild, fun expression, not only outwardly in how we present ourselves with like how we communicate because that's also part of the stiff culture that we're in like this coldness again like mm -hmm. from an immigrant perspective like cubans and even like african-american culture is so expressive so like there's an embodiment and then there's this like weird british thing that americans have where they're like very cold and not expressive i can identify with that because as much as you know my line is is that i'm all the colors even though i look like a white woman who grew up italian irish 
But because I grew up Italian-Irish as a white woman, there is an aloofness and a coolness to me and my juiciness with my Spanish friends, my African-American friends, it does kind of loosen me up a little bit, right? Because that wasn't the way that people I grew around communicated or interacted. So it wasn't necessarily something I could imitate readily because it wasn't in my frequency. And that juiciness is like, it just makes life so much better. I think that's why people like Italians, for example, you know, because that's like one of the places in Europe where there's like that gusto, you know? So we got like nonviolence, radical self-expression. And you said there had to be three. Three, but I'm open to more, whatever you got. Okay, I was going to say radical creativity, but I think that one's covered under um, radical self-expression. The next one is going to be about like discipline. Mm. I think that's such an important value, like for people to be responsible and be able to follow through and honor their word and like have that sense of consistency. It of course needs to be tempered with flexibility. Like we need to be able to be flexible with people being in their own process. Like I think that they're dual values. Discipline is what makes freedom possible. Mm, Beautiful, honey. Your sovereignty and agency. (laughs) Because you're able to make choices and stick to, the, to them and like plan ahead and show up and build. And it's like a creates reliability. And it's just you're always in a better place when that is honored. And it teaches people to have that or cultivate that in themselves. Like even if they might not be the perfect person for strong follow through discipline, like to be in a dialogue of achieving more of that is really healthy. I like discipline. I think it's a great one. I would say that in the survival game mode, that was a good part of my story. The idea of discipline was secondary to just triggering out how to get through what you had to get through. And I know that it was times that I felt rather flaky and not able to be that that strong force of discipline and focus and consistency that would help people feel safe. I mean, as I've gotten older, I've, I've come to appreciate it and use it more for my own cultivation. But in the survival game of life, I think oftentimes when people are surviving, they're they're adapting and surviving, adapting, surviving and dealing with what's ever in front of them. Forget the fact that the follow through is so key to growing things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Consistency. That's like growth is in consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency of change, right? Because we're always changing as we grow. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking more in terms of like pouring energy in a direction, but yeah. Oh yeah, that too. But I like how you're bringing in change and there, yeah, maybe resiliency is a word that's been like hopping around my mind a lot. And it's just compassion for each person's resiliency because each person's had a unique journey that was designed for their experience to bring who they are, right? Like in the training I recently did with the Synthesis Institute, one of the brilliant teachers shared that underneath the waste, we're all connected. It's all the same place. But it's mm. of the waste that we cultivate our essence and our full presence and we make something unique come through, kind of like flowers coming from the mud, yeah? Mm. I always love that symbolism of flowers rising from the mud. <laughs> it's that fertile yuckiness. Yeah, but we're all in it. Like, we're all growing from the same shit, right? So it's just like, you know, you can get attached to the shit, but it's basically just there to help you grow. So learn what you can and get focused on the discipline you need to become who you are, yeah? Yeah. And trust. I don't know, like that one, that's a value I I am cultivating is trust. Mm -hmm. That would be an important value to consider. Wonderful. Wow. Such rich shares. Thank you so much. I take those values for sure. I, I resonate with all of them. Thank you so much for that. Trust and nonviolence. 
and radical self-expression and discipline to stay focused on where you're growing. May you carry all those values wherever you go, darling. Yes. Thank you for holding this conversation. It was so beautiful and, and powerful to like really dive deep in these questions. And I'm excited to to share in a larger group and hear other people's thoughts on these on these indie steps. Cheers, <laughs> too. Well, thank you so much for your time and for giving me your heart like you do. I'm going to uh close us out for this episode and uh is there anything else you want to say before we start to close the show today no i think i i'm i'm complete thank you madeline this is beautiful oh dear, dear. thank you so much for what you're bringing and everything that will continue to grow and the beauty that you've created from yourself thank you so much so we're going to send this up like everything else to the highest of the highest. We ask for everyone to listen with their whole heart and to learn and relate and to see what you need to bring to the heart. And for now, we're going to sign off. Thank you for the space and time to grow divine. turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's gonna set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me, show me the way. I know, the way will open. Where is it? Where's the vibe? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul.
say 